Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast. A podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. G'day everyone, my name is Dave. Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast, coming to you all the way from the Think Orange Bunker in downtown Atlanta. We're not in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm only joking. We are in north of Atlanta, I guess. Today, we are actually talking about marriages and specifically what keeps marriages together. And I know there's a lot of people listening who aren't married, so how can you support the marriages in your church. You know, they say marriage is tying the knot and sometimes that knot can get frayed and it needs to be tightened. When you leave it to itself, everything just gets loose and starts to unravel. So today we're going to be talking about how family ministry, youth ministry, children's ministries can be a critical part in developing and maintaining healthy marriages in your church. And to help us with that, I had the opportunity to interview Ron and Jody Zappia. And I can tell you, they have an absolutely incredible story. Their marriage started to fall apart six or seven months in, but God redeemed that whole situation and now they have a thriving marriage, a thriving marriage ministry, and they're also the founding pastors of High Point Church in the western suburbs of Chicago. You are absolutely going to love their story, so make sure you get a notebook and pen handy because you are going to want to jot down all of the wisdom that they bring from this episode. And speaking of marriage, today's episode is actually brought to you by the married people. Not any old married people, but the married people curriculum here at Orange, which provides a year's worth of resources, training, and community to help your church impact marriages and help you do marriage better. Our hope is that from today's episode, you'll get a better understanding on how you can impact not only your own marriages, but all of the marriages in your church. And Married People helps with that. To find out more, you can sign up for a Married People Annual Partnership. Try saying that four times fast at marriedpeople.org slash partnership. Marriedpeople.org slash partnership. On that website, you're going to find videos and ebooks and even a dating guide that will help give you the simple tools you need to make your marriage better. And it only costs $8 a month. That's like the price of two lattes if you went out and had that, your whole church could get all of these benefits. So you wouldn't have to buy your whole church a latte. Just two of you could buy a latte and that's the cost covered right there. So make sure you check it out, marriedpeople.org. That website again is marriedpeople.org. Well, let's not beat around the bush. Let's get straight into my conversation with Ron and Jody Zappian. Hey, Ron and Jody, it is so great to have you on the Think Orange podcast. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Yeah, we're so thankful to be here, Dave. Great to uh, great to be with you and uh, excited to join you and all the leaders today. Yeah, um, so we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things today, including what uh, keeps marriages together and how churches can support marriages. But before we yeah. do that, I just wanted to hear a little bit of your story. You've got you guys have got such an incredible uh, story of marriage and relationship. Would you mind just like thumbnailing that for us? Yeah, we totally would. And uh, Dave, you know, we've known each other for a long time. So I don't even know if we want to go into all this, but we're going to start. <laughs> we met, We met, if you can believe this, in middle school. So wow. I was the new kid on the block. I was in eighth grade. Jody was seventh grade. And, you know, it was, uh, it was just, I saw her and she was just amazing and love at first sight. Aww. That wasn't exactly 
the case. Uh, actually, I, I broke my mother's rule that said, you know, never a borrower or lender be. And I, I kicked off the relationship. I, I, I needed 20 cents to make a phone call. <laughs> 20 cents? Why do you need yeah. 20 cents for a phone call when you, somebody could just borrow a cell phone? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. Listen, I, I'm telling you, it, it used to be that way, Pay that phones. thing called payphone. I'm just glad we didn't say a dime. So there. It's like, you know, not that old. So, you know. But it's 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 hilarious. But after that, you know, we just got to know each other. And so we began dating in high school. We grew up in northeastern Ohio, but we kept our relationship going throughout college. Once we graduated from college, mm. um, Jody had a great job out in the uh, out in Connecticut and I was in Cleveland. And so we were doing this. You know, we were in the corporate world and things were going really, really well. We decided to get married. We had the long distance relationship going real well. Mm. And, you know, it happened in, in the first year was the most difficult, as I know, for many couples and many relationships, it can be. Mm. And so we knew how to do the weekends real well. But then we came to Chicago and that's where our jobs brought us here. And we were here for the first year. And it took about what, Joe, eight months. Yeah, six months. So basically the first four months we were in different cities, first four months of our marriage. Oh. And then um, it took maybe another six to crash and burn. Yeah. And Dave, I'll just be honest and, and, and just, you know, sh- throw it out there right off the bat. I mean, we've said if our story can help one person, we're going to share it. And I started doing things I shouldn't be doing. Uh, I felt like she wasn't meeting my needs. You know, she was doing the corporate thing. I felt like she was climbing the ladder and getting more success faster than I was. And that was a, you know, a hit to my ego. Mm-hmm. And so I started a relationship that I shouldn't have at work and next thing I know, I was in the midst of infidelity. Mm. And so, again, we weren't believers. We weren't Christians. I wasn't standing on anything, solid truth. You know, we've been raised in good moral families. But, um, you know, I, I regret it to this day. But that's what I got myself involved in. And, uh, you know, we'll cut straight for the juggler. Um, you know, Jody was supposed to be gone on a business trip. She came back uh, to surprise me. And she got the surprise. Mm. And so she walked in on something that nobody should ever walk in on. And that was where we were year number wow. one in our marriage. So it wasn't for us. It wasn't, hey, you know, we had a little few communication problems. It was crashing burn. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jody, uh, it, it was it was awful. And what, what was interesting, she had been praying. Why don't you share with Dave uh, what you yeah. had been praying? Yeah, well, we like uh, Ron said, we didn't know the Lord personally, but... Um, I did a pray occasionally to God. I thought I was pretty distant, but I had prayed the night before. I knew something was wrong, mm. but I didn't know what. And I shot up a prayer to God that said, hey, I know something's wrong. Um, if you'll show me what it is, I'll do my part mm. to fix it. Wow. And then that was my that was my answer to the prayer, but it was interesting because even in the, in the midst of that, I, there was a real awareness that God was answering my prayer. Yeah. And some ways he was even gracious to us in terms of like the timing and stuff like that, that I absolutely would have no control over. Um, God allowed things to go just so far. And then, you know, so how how do you come back from that? Like, especially, you know, again, we have a lot of people listening who are in ministry and they might instantly go, well, you know, you would go to your church for support, um, but you guys didn't have that. So, so what happens? 
Well, and it's so important to recognize that this has happened to Dave, and you know this, and so this has happened on every street corner and every apartment complex. All the, you know, You're walking by people, and they've got burdens, and they've got difficulties, and the bottom has fallen out, and you don't always see it. You know, you can't always tell, but they're all around us. So, you know, for us, I mean, Jody went to her sister and her sister fortunately recommended Christian counseling, which was kind of out of left field for us. And so the next morning of this, what we now refer to as the worst night of our lives, Jody put on a dress and walked over to a church Mm. across the street. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, what do we need church for? Like I, I, and, 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 and it was, it was just crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my sister suggested this Christian counseling and we didn't go to church. So I literally walked across the street because there was a um, Lutheran church there and I waited for everybody to leave. I wasn't really going to go to church. I was going to go to find out about this counseling that I needed to get really in order to establish if I had grounds for divorce. Mm. That's really what I thought I was doing. Um, here I am, I wait, I get over there and there's nobody there, but this one lady that's just kind of cleaning up, she sat down with me mm. and had such a heart of compassion. Um, she was Asian. She was setting up for church because they met in the afternoon, an Asian speaking church. But I'll tell you what, God broke through that language barrier because we communicated on a pretty deep level. She, she gave me her testimony in just a few words after I had told her my situation, she said, uh, well, my husband, he was a failure. And that's um, what we are, mm-hmm. Dave. That's, I don't know if you're married. <laughs> yeah, you are. I am. Yeah. <laughs> All of us are failures. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Agree. She hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. And then this lady told me, she said, you know, go to Widow Creek, which I didn't even know what that was, but she, she's the one that directed me to that church because they had this marriage ministry that she was aware of. And the, the key thing that she said to me that really got me through through in those early days was she said, but don't go there with half your heart. Go there with your whole heart. I would be listening to the pastor teaching uh, about marriage. And I would, you know, if, if my mind started to trail off to my normal, like go to, like I would do my pros and con list, you know, I'd start working up a little list of my own, I, I would immediately, those words would come back to me and I would drop my pencil and just listen. And so um, she she really played a huge role with her few words, um, but got us to the place we needed to be and gave me the words I needed to, mm. to hear. So then uh, you come back home, you, you start doing this counseling together. It was a yeah. marriage ministry. So it just started, you know, yeah. it was one of these things crazy Monday night and it was a, you know, an eight week thing. And it was like, you know, I was like, Jody invited me to go and I was like, Hey, we'll go to this thing and, and see what can happen. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. it was really, um, we were yeah. in a place where I, I was in a place where I was finally willing to look up and listen and mm. hear. Mm. It was called uh, marriage and divorce recovery, though. So I still really was thinking that we were going there to get, again, this okay for a divorce. That really was my mindset. That's kind of where I was at. I had given it two weeks. I wrote in my Franklin planner (laughs) that I needed to make a decision about this divorce. And I gave it two weeks. And that's what I was, you know, 
planning to do. But, you know, as, as we're talking to to leaders in the church and, you know, just I think about this lady that led us to this thing. She, you know, there was a language barrier. There was some issues there. We couldn't communicate, but the empathy, mm. the compassion that she had. Mm-hmm. And this is the interesting thing, Dave. She looked at her own church and said, I can't really meet this couple's needs and help them. But she pointed us to the place that we could go to get the help. And I think that's such a kingdom minded mm. view you know, that we all need to uh, pursue and develop that, you know, we're in this together, man. We're on team Jesus. Let's, let's work together mm-hmm. to get people the care they need. I absolutely love that. I think that that in itself is a whole other podcast episode we could do. Um, even, <laughs> yeah. even as you're t- sharing that story, Jody, that, that was what I was, g- was going through my head is this woman has sent you to a different church where your felt yeah. need was going to best be met. Um, and the fact yeah. that you guys had a clear and obvious need and that the church was there, I mean, that's providential, right? That's, that's, there's no yeah. coincidences in God's kingdom is, is one of the things my rabbi friends tell me. Um, yes. So, so you're, you're going through this course and obviously your whole life's changed as a result. Yeah. Could you just have, touch yeah. on that for a minute? Yeah, t- totally. And I, I think it's important too. We were talking about this woman and um, you know, she, um, we went back a few years later and found out that she was actually the pastor's wife. Wow. If you can believe this and Asian had church. experienced a, a similar situation. So there's so many cool little things. Yeah. But um, what happened was, you know, Jody and I, we needed some help. And so um, we went in and saw the pastor who was leading this ministry. I, I don't know if um, he, he, he told us after that he had never done this before, but, you know, he had this broken couple in front of him and he said, hey, I got 45 minutes. So he set the clock. Mm. <laughs> I got 45 minutes to talk with you. And so he said it like this. He said, we can either spend the next 45 minutes talking about your marriage and the place it is and the and where, where it is and wh- what got you there, or we can do this. I can tell you about the forgiveness that's available in Christ mm. and the fresh start you guys can have. And honestly, I, Dave, we looked at each other and, you know, we weren't Christians. We didn't know anything. We had heard about this church, but we didn't really know anything. And, and we looked at each other and said, hey, give us the Jesus thing. <laughs> and he began to explain the, about, you know, Jesus and the forgiveness that we could have. And, you know, I was ready. So again, you got to read the situation. You know, I was broken mm. and, um, you know, I, I was ready. I needed forgiveness. And, you know, I was carrying that backpack of guilt and shame. And so he led us both to Christ on October 31st. Wow. It was Halloween. Never forget. <laughs> we walked out of the, you know, counseling session and, you know, we're looking at each other. We didn't know if the marriage was going to survive, what was going to happen. But we had, I felt a fresh turn and a new path that, that, that I'll never forget in my life. And that's the forgiveness that we all are exposed to and that we all have the privilege of ministering and helping people experience. And so we got it firsthand. Wow. Well, now I, I know what I'm about to do is I'm kind of jumping the shark a little bit because I want to I want to fast yeah. forward. And I know that uh, even as I say, I'm going to fast forward. I want to fast forward a little bit. I know there's probably a whole bunch of stuff that we could circle back to just in the, the bit that I'm going to skip. So you guys become yeah. a Christian, Halloween, but then now you're leading a church and, and tell us, tell us, like, can you... Break down those years into just a couple of sentences of how you got to the point of founding a church. Yeah, you know, so basically what happened is we got ourselves, the marriage was just starting to be put back together. We got involved. I can't emphasize it more. We got involved in help serving and helping other couples who had Mm. experienced marriage breakdown. And so with that, 
Um, you know, a lot of people think that, hey, you know, if you're going through a hurting time, you can't help people. And I, we just, that wasn't our experience. We, we were able to identify, tell our stories, share where we were at. And, you know, sometimes it's those who are hurting who can best minister Amen. at a time to other people. And so that's what we saw. So we wound up completing the workshop. We, we, we started leading a small group for the workshop, this marriage restoration ministry. And then that's when I caught the bug, so to speak. Guys were coming to me, asking me to lead Bible studies, do some things. And I couldn't, I didn't feel like I knew the Bible. I didn't know how to do it. We knew the, we knew the marriage verses. (laughs) There's not not too many. So it's like, you get those down, you know? And so I quit my job, went to seminary at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, which is right in Deerfield, Illinois. And so after graduating from that program, um, you know, I was on staff at a church as in youth ministry. And then we immediately planted what was, what is uh, called High Point Church now. Mm. And that's in the Western suburbs of Chicago. And it really was, you know, our churches, you know, like many, our story kind of really provided the backdrop, you know, for, for forgiveness and marriage restoration and those kinds of things. And it's really written the picture of who we are as a church, helping people to believe, belong and become like Jesus. And so for us, you know, it's been a wonderful ride. So that church has grown now. We're in four locations and, you know, God's doing some things that we couldn't imagine. I mean, I, I still have friends, you know, like I said, I, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. I, 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 no way. I mean, I, I, you know, you know that, 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 was, that thought had never crossed my mind at all. Mm. I still have college friends that call me. They're like, what do you do again? <laughs> Can you make money doing that? They're like, what, you know, is that a real job? You know, like, do you only work on Sunday? I mean, yeah. still. Yeah. What do you do during the week? That's the kind of Yeah. Question. They think I'm playing golf and hanging out. So, that's awesome. But, uh, that's kind of our story in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Now uh, I knew that in getting you to fast forward, I would skip over a whole bunch of things. And I, I, I don't want some of them to go away. We, we, we do want to talk about, uh, I do want to get to the point of talking about the new book that you've had come out, The, the Marriage yeah. Knot. Um, but before I jump into that, you said something that was so, uh, I know it's part of your story. So you kind of just said it in passing, but I know that there are people who are listening to this podcast now who would have stopped on that, you know, have paused on that, that, that statement. And it was about uh, the idea of sharing your pain, being authentic, and and how hurting people can help hurting people. As soon as you said it, I, I thought of this great quote that uh, I've had uh, written down for a while now. It's by Rachel Held Evans. It says, the person in pain is a theologian of unique authority. Uh, our listeners know uh, part of my story, uh, having grown up in a family where uh, I was child abused and uh, sexually and physically, and and I know that God has redeemed that part of my story. So I just wanted to ask you guys, for, for the person who's listening right now who is feeling an experiencing that pain uh, in some aspect of maybe it's their marriage, maybe, maybe it's something else. Yeah. What would your advice be to that person? Yeah. I mean, we could say a lot, um, you know, and I, I so much thank you for you sharing your story in such a way where other people can hear, you know, first thing people need to see the hope. Mm. They need to see the hope that you can get through the verse that comes to my mind is what it says is the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Amen. And, you know, we experienced that when we were at our deepest time, the Lord was there mm. and he was able to use other people who were open and transparent and authentic. I mean, that's the problem mm. with the church over the years is that, you know, is we, we've, we've looked at people who are going through pain like this 
And we don't think that they can do what? That maybe they can totally recover, that they can experience what God wants, that they can become fruitful in ministry. Mm. And, and we kind of have a tendency to jump over it. And in, if I can be honest, in many churches, it's like, well, they, you know, they can't, they're hurting, they're a ministry, so they can't be a ministry and help other people. Yeah. And that wasn't our experience. So I love the quote you shared. And, and we would say, you know, in the midst of your pain, certainly you've got to be moving forward. Yeah. You know, you've got to taking steps forward and seeking counsel and the reconciliation you need. But we've experienced there's a deep sense of growth, Christian growth. Mm. It's you're able to help other people in the midst of that pain. Yeah, there's also, I feel like something healthy about when you're in the midst of something really difficult, it's really helpful to have other people around you just to get your focus off yourself sometimes. Yeah. Cause sometimes you can just get so looking inward and my problem, and this right. is such a mess um, that there's actually some healthiness at, at being around some other people to where, Oh, you know what? Like they have problems too. Yeah. You know, it's not just all about me yeah. here. And um, so I think there's a sense of that too, in those early days, you know, when we were, yeah. We shared what we what we didn't know we didn't know. Yeah, that and is. I, you know, our story our story is such where you know I I really could relate to Psalm fifty one that Psalm of repentance mm -hmm. and I just want to point out one verse that like just rocked my world was in verse thirteen and it kind of you know the the Psalm is about you know man I, you know confession and mm -hmm. all this and and purify me Lord and then verse thirteen so the first twelve verses are all about this confession then verse thirteen says. And teach me, Lord, so I can show others your ways. Mm. So for me, it's like, you know, like I get through that so that I had a responsibility that my story can be for God's glory mm. as I use it to teach other people how to move forward and where to go. And I, I'm sure just even, Dave, with your, mm -hmm. you know, what the Lord's done in your life, I mean, you can certainly identify with. He gives us a platform, mm. you know, our story can be a platform used for his glory. Yeah, I absolutely love that, especially in the modern world, right? Um, yeah. where, where we're so used to on social media comparing ourselves to, you know, one yeah. of the things I always say is we compare our real life to other people's highlight reel um, yes. because it's it's the photoshopped Instagram feed and that sort of thing. But, right. but I love that idea because when people see our scars, that's when they know that there's a healer. And so I would yeah. be encouraging everybody who's listening right now, if you're dealing with something, don't be afraid to share that, to be authentic, mm -hmm. to be genuine. And uh, I want to pick up on another thing that you guys said the idea of having a support network around you seems like it was such a powerful part of your own story and your own healing. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the marriage knot. Um, I, I'm sure you go into detail in, about your story in the book. Yeah. Why, why did you write it? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we didn't come out with this thing wanting to go in ministry. We didn't come out thinking we're going to write a book. We've always said that, you know, and each, you know, if we can share our story and it can help someone, then let's, let's go for it. And so, you know, the book is real transparent. It gets into the raw and the real of, of what happened and, and the forgiveness that, that we experienced from the Lord and also from, you know, that, that Jody had to forgive me. I mean, those are all major things. So, so we look at this picture of the knot is, you know, we didn't come up with the knot. I mean, the, the <laughs> knot is a, tying you know, yeah, tying the knot is, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, uh, but, but the marriage knot, you know, K-N-O-T is, is all about the choices that each of us needs to make as husband and wife mm. 
to tighten that knot because over time, all knots are going to do what? They're going to get frayed. They're going to loosen. And in our case, it, it completely unraveled within the first six, seven months. Mm. So these are the biblical choices that we need to make. These are the things that we believe that God's word teaches us that we can uh, make the choices to, to really tighten and strengthen the knot yeah. so that what so that we will experience what God desires and what he wants and, and really his best. Mm. And so these are things that we, you know, we wrote the book because this is what we've been doing for the last 29 years. <laughs> this is how we've gotten by. Yeah, we got by. We don't have the perfect marriage now. We keep, you know, we keep going back to these things. Yeah, it's it's total intentionality. And you know, if, if somebody wants to improve their golf game, I mean, what do you got to do? You got to get out on the on the links. You know, if mm. you want to be a good cook, then you know, you, you can't just read a cookbook. You got to get the kitchen and and get the pots and pans and get going. And and if you want a good marriage, I think there's a there's a fallacy where we see people down the street or like you said on social media and you know they're on their date night and it all looks great mm. and you see the highlight reel <laughs> but you know all of us go through difficulty and all of us are going through tension and and a great marriage doesn't happen by accident mm. it requires intentionality mm. and so you got to put the time in that's really good now i know you outlined seven types of falls that typically affect couples. I just want to read those real quick and then ask you to maybe unpack one a little bit further. So the first one is the physical fall, the financial fall, the relational fall, the moral fall, the emotional fall, the spiritual fall, and the repeated fall. Is there one of those that for you guys, uh, like you, you love to talk about? And could you unpack one for us? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I I mean, there's, there's so much that are in each one of those things. And so, you know, if you take the financial fall, for instance, you know, we get around a lot of couples who have gone through great crisis Mm. financially in that they were living the high life. They were in a great spot. And then the bottom just drops out. The stock market goes down. And so we've ministered to couples and people through all these. I mean, we talked about the moral fall. I don't want to even go into more detail about that. My, our own story, you know, but, but these are all things that can continue to happen over time. And so if you look, look at what we're saying in, you know, even the relational fall, think about this, is that, you know, families and difficulties with relationships are so, you know, it, none of us are immune to them. Mm. I mean, in our own families, in our own situations. And so it isn't that the fall isn't going to happen. It's what do we do once it comes? Mm. And, you know, that's why we're in ministry is to help people to overcome these things and to go through and, and, and find hope as they continue to press forward. Mm. So it's important. Yeah. Another thing that we're seeing a lot now, people that you would absolutely never think, you know, this is people that we've, had in positions of, you know, elders and high leadership roles in the church. And um, that spiritual fall happening that you would just never expect. And here it started because of connecting on social media Mm. with a former friend, girlfriend, and things you would just think wouldn't, oh, it would never, that person would never. And something as simple as you know, crossing lines in a, in a relationship online um, mm. blew the whole thing up. Yeah. And uh, so, 
you know, there it's happening around us. And like I said, um, it's probably happening a lot more than we know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now I know in the in the book you also unpack uh, seven choices that couples could make. Again, I just want to list those and then have you. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. So the choices are: the, uh, choose to grow spiritually, choose to love unconditionally, choose to serve sacrificially, choose to please regularly, choose to persevere persistently. That's a tongue twister right there. Choose to communicate, <laughs> res- choose to communicate respectfully, and choose to bless abundantly. Now, I know we have uh, quite a few guys who are listening to this, uh, who are in ministry, you know, in, in family ministry, and kids ministry, and student ministry, who are married. And I have no doubt that as the male host of this show, they want me to ask you to unpack a little bit more. Choose to please regularly. <laughs> yeah, I figured that was the go-to as well. So yeah, that is the go-to. And we're That's not just talking go-to. about yeah, we're not talking about taking out the trash or walking the dog. We're talking about what you know, all of our need for intimacy yep. and emotional and physically. And so you know, I mean, it is so important to be on the same page. Now, wait, were you joking, or did you really want him to talk? About no, it? I really want to talk about this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Well, that's it. Yeah. See, the women don't want to talk. See, everybody looks at this a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, it's really important and, and for us to recognize and understand that, you know, the attraction we have for one another yeah. and, and all that, you know, that, that there is, you know, sex is, is, is been demonized in our, our culture. Mm. Um, our our um, sex has become a god in our culture, you know what I mean? And, and just with so many of the things that, you know, are, we're doing in a, in, in, a, in a way that's unbiblical and all the difficulty people are experiencing, it's so important for how do we find intimacy um, in, in our marriage? Mm. And so that's really, you know, what we talk about uh, in regards to, you know, uh, listening, understanding where we're at, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, is, is only, you know, withholding for a season mm. as a result of what, you know, as for prayer and mm-hmm. that, you know, you wouldn't uh, allow the, the evil one to come in. And so we talk really candidly about what that verse means and what that looks like. And, and, and for us to really emotionally and spiritually be united in all areas. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think it's safe to say Christian or non-Christian, most couples are coming into marriage with some Either whether it's abuse, whether it's just promiscuity that like Ron and I didn't know better. Um, I know that a lot of young Christian couples, you know, it's always like, how far can we go? You know, there's always that tension before marriage to kind of kind of mess up. Right. Mm. And, And the truth is, you know, God has given this something that is we called it to please regularly in marriage. It's supposed to be one of the things that just helps to keep us close and intimate. Um, but sometimes we come in with these, whether it's baggage or whether it's our own our own sinful mistakes. You know, um, I, I feel like the, the kids in the high school today, they say like, you know, 50% of the premarital sex is happening in high school. Mm. I, I would, that's the people that have admitted it, right? Mm. And in, even in our case, you know, that did contribute to our breakdown because whether I liked it or not, mm. you know, I had said mm. that sex outside of marriage was okay. I had said it with my actions, not my words. Yeah. I would never verbally said that, but I did. So we we brought that into our marriage, but there's so many things. And, and then when you start talking about withholding, you know, that can be men or women. It's probably, oh, you know, men will joke about it more like my wife never, you know, mm. but 
Well, I know a lot of women that are suffering too. And, and the point is, you know, God tells us, he commands to not withhold from one another and that, you know, our bodies are not our own, they're, they're for the other. So we are, it's meant to be something where we are blessing one another mm. with this gift that can really be enjoyed in marriage yeah. and marriage alone, yeah. you know, the way God designs it. And so, I think we, you know, we have to, you know, you have to know, give, each you, other. give your, give your spouse space if there has been something in their past to get over, we've known couples and, you know, who, um, you know, it took them three, six months before they would even consummate the marriage. And, mm. you know, because of past hurts and difficulties. And again, it's like, you know, your story can be used for God's glory. And that what is that, you know, just to slow down, understand where each other is coming from and really enjoy all there is to your relationship. Mm. And that's not just emotionally, but, um, you know, and, and spiritually, but physically as well. Yeah. I love how you guys unpack that. And the fact that, um, you know, what you're talking about is the prioritizing, pleasing your spouse, not pleasing your church, not pleasing your yeah. ministry, not pleasing your uh, bank account or your uh, <laughs> hobbies or things like that, which is such a such a vice in the church today, right? We 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 mm-hmm. we live in such a twenty four seven world. You know, I've said before that the fourth commandment is the one commandment Christians brag about breaking. But you're talking about pleasing your spouse, and I love that uh, in the list that I read just before. That comes after serving sacrificially. That comes after loving unconditionally and growing spiritually. Yeah. I don't think that that was a coincidence, right? No, no, no not, not at all. Yeah. So, it, there is, you know, there's a sequence and these are things that, you know, you know, Jody, you know, she's been my, what really kept us together and our relationship strong. She's been my best friend. Mm. I mean, it's built on a friendship over the years and so no matter what you've done, where you've been, it's getting back to those things that really, you know, made that relationship special and that friendship uh, that we need to be diligent mm. to continue to build upon. Have you guys in your experience found that there's one choice that uh, of those list of seven that couples most often uh, struggle with? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, there's, you know, I think, I think I'd, I'd say there's one or two that are really important. And, you know, just even starting with the first one to grow spiritually, you know, so many couples are in situations where, you know, one spouse is ahead or maybe they're behind or maybe a Christian, non-Christian. Mm-hmm. So really that mutual decision that you're going to go forward. One of the simplest things that helped us and I'll explain it here, Dave, under this choice of growing spiritually is, you know, the pastor drew a triangle on the board mm. and we do this in our marriage conference. And it sounds so simple, but, but it's so complex. And if you just think of God at the top and you think of you as a spouse on the, you know, on the left corner, and then your other spouse put their name, her name or his name on the right. And, you know, the distance apart is, is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at the bottom. And so there's a greater distance. But once each of you makes the decision to pursue God, to, to, to pursue a relationship with him and, and to grow in him, you begin to move up that side of that triangle. And, and you know, we teach this at our marriage conferences. And, you know, the, t- the distance at the top where you and your spouse are moving and growing spiritually is a lot closer. Mm. And so, I mean, you can just see it right there. And so our heart is for the couples who where one of them is moving up the side of the triangle and the other isn't. If you do it, the, the drawing, the distance is actually greater. Mm. So really, it's so important for the couple. And, you know, we all go through ups and downs. 
but that we're going to do what? That, that we're, we're building on the foundation, biblical principles and truth, and that we're growing together in our own relationship with Christ. And, you know, that's the kind of, you know, that is the foundation of which all these choices are laid because, you know, we can do a lot of things and, and you know, grit our teeth and try to go after it. And, you know, hey, man, I'm going to improve my marriage. And, but, you know, we found that it's about leaning on Christ. It's about what he can do through you. It's about him showing, you know, I'm a, I'm a better husband. I can do what? I'm a better father. I'm a better servant because of Jesus, because mm. I can love in a greater way as a result of experience the love that God has given to me. So my capacity to love now is greater than it was you know, when we first got married because of the love of Christ. So, you know, it's so important not to, 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 to lean in. And, and I think, Joe, maybe if you could take a moment, if we could just talk about another choice is to choose to love unconditionally. Yeah. I think that's a really big, important thing. And, and a lot of that has to do with forgiveness and trust. And so for Jody and I, that, you know, forgive probably the question she gets asked the most often as we do these conferences all over is, you know, how could you forgive him after what he did? And that's loving unconditionally. Yeah. I, I just know for me, uh, forgiveness was one of the biggest steps of faith I, I had to take really early on. Um, I had just been forgiven. So I kind of understood I'm I'm pretty sure I need to forgive and I'm pretty sure I can forgive because I've just been forgiven everything um, by this God that I'm just getting to know. Um, so I, I knew that, but then the bigger issue was was trust and and then how to live out that forgiveness after making just the decision to forgive, but then you know the memories and the other thought things coming coming up. And so you know, for me, it was a combination of to earn the trust back. It took uh, consistent behavior over time. We say like CB over T. Yeah. Yeah. Think of that equation. And for us as ministry leaders, I know we're listening and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like we got to forgive. We know the Bible tells us to forgive, but then it's not like you can go back into that environment and back into that situation to be a doormat and be, you know, run over again. Mm-hmm. And so Jody had to see the the, the consistent behavior CB over T time it had to be proved for what, for us to continue to build, rebuild that relationship and trust. Yeah. And that's on that horizontal, horizontal dimension. But the thing that was really freeing was um, when I was trying to work out this forgiveness and trust, I had them lumped together and they really were two different things. And it was funny because the pastor asked me, um, so uh, does the, that's interesting. You're asking about trust. He said, does the Bible say trust one another? Hmm. And I didn't know the Bible very well, but I knew that did not sound right. And I said, I don't think so. And he said, you're right. And then uh, he said, so what What does it say? Do you know? And I said, well, I'm pretty sure it says love one another. You know, I knew that that much. And um, he said, that's right. He said, so God's not really asking you to trust Ron uh, and he, or to trust one another. And mm. he said, you know, why do you think that is? And I said, probably because we're not trustworthy, you know? And so that was kind of freeing to know that, okay, God's not really even asking me right now to trust my husband or even to trust myself for that matter. Um, But then he said, who do you think he, he wants you to trust? And I was like, God, right? And he's like, absolutely. So I left that day knowing, okay, I need to focus on trusting God and loving Ron. Mm, yeah. And then I had to look up what love was. So this yeah. love unconditionally, <laughs> I found out real early on, it wasn't what I had thought it was. <laughs> romance and feelings. and yeah. um, But that it was all these action words and 
not easy ones either, you know, yeah. patience and some of those things that are really hard to just do on your own. Uh, but we did have this new relationship with God. So I learned real early on that love was, you know, it wasn't about me and all my feelings, warm feelings. It was about me actually doing, you know, showing and yeah. demonstrating love to Ron. And it, it, for us, it was like you before me, you know, the letter U before me. And, um, trying to constantly remember that because that was in complete opposition to how I had lived up until then. I was definitely, you know, in college years, it's easy to get kind of selfish and self-focused because you're trying to make it out there. Mm. You know, you're trying to do a good job. I, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, but it was very, very selfish. So this, yeah. you know, putting someone else ahead of me was um, a, a new concept. <laughs> so you can see I did contribute to the breakdown of the marriage. Ron doesn't usually mention that, but I, I and I had to deal with it in that office too. I had to deal with my sin wow. and my contribution. Um, otherwise, one person would have left there saved. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, uh, the pastor made me own my contribution. And that's where some of that stuff came up. Like I had to confess like premarital sin. Like, I, did I want to talk about that that day? I thought it hadn't, you know, I was mad mm. that he was asking me those kind of questions, wow. but I dealt with it right then and there. And I had, I had other ones, trust me. Mm. Well, <laughs> but the, as we're talking me. to leaders though, and I know that's what this podcast is focused on, you know, think about we're telling our story, but that, that's who you have. Mm. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, we need to talk about the difference between you know, what, how do we truly forgive and really what is trust and love and how does that all work together? Yeah. I think those are good, good, uh, good, good keys. That's great. Hey, uh, I think it's time for a lightning round. What I'm looking for is I'm, I'm going to just ask you a bunch of questions and if you could just provide like one or two just practical right. things that people can do. So we've got people listening to this who are, who are in leadership and ministry. A lot of them are married. Um, what would your one piece of practical advice be uh, for them, something they can do today to uh, yeah. make their marriage a little bit better. Yeah, I would say this. Uh, Jody says it to me all the time in one sentence, the we before the me. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, it's the we in every single situation, every single time it's we before me and that our marriage is the most important thing. And it's the thing relationship, the relationship we have for one another. And mm -hmm. again, it comes over and over again. We can become self-focused and we can become selfish. And so putting the we in the marriage before the me has been incredible for us. That's awesome. Okay, so now for the people who are listening, again, in leadership and ministry, but they're not married. Uh, have you got yeah. any advice for them? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, the pastor that was leading this marriage ministry, he had never been married. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it just goes to show uh, God's word is sufficient and um, knowing and understanding even, you know, the things that we're talking about here, um, you can share these things with people. Um, mm. with confidence because yeah. it's grounded in the word, yeah. whether you don't have to have experienced every little thing. Thank goodness we don't have to experience everything to help people, right? Because yeah, yeah. I got enough of my own stuff to, but but I can still help people with other problems that I've not gone through because either it's, it is, you know, God's word is sufficient. And then also um, there are people around us as we build an environment in our church where people are transparent, you are able to say, hey, I can point you to a person yeah, that yeah. I haven't been through that, but I know someone who has, yeah, yeah. you know, let me get back, whatever. So yeah, don't let, don't let a singleness or something think that, hey, I can't do this. I can't. Yeah, I mean, God can use you fully equipped and let's go for it, man, because he can use do amazing things. What's one thing that church leaders could do to partner with those married couples in their church and help enhance their marriages? 
Yeah, you know, it's so important. I think, you know, the the, the crisis is that we're doing it on our own mm. and we're doing it alone. Mm. And we're thinking that other people are ahead or they don't have the same problems we have. And so I would just say this, you know, whether depending on the size of your church and, and, and how you're involved, but to gather couples together mm -hmm. in a context of openness and authenticity. You know, you don't have to have some big program or some big budget. Just get people together in an environment where they can share their struggles, their hurts, their past, their fears, their expectations. I mean, I think the key is this, man, just get your Bible in your hands. The Holy Spirit is there. Get people together and see what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, I know that you've got three uh, adult daughters. Are any of them married? Yeah, we just, uh, or go ahead, Joe, you, yeah, can, you two, can share. We're still recovering from the summer. <laughs> yeah, two of the three tied the knot last, this last summer. And this time last year, January, we didn't even, they weren't even engaged. Wow. So they both got engaged in February and then they were married by the end of September. And so, then yeah, the so youngest we, went off to college. Wow. Yeah, so. so you can plan a wedding in four to five months. Yes. And so I, I said to the youngest one, she's, you know, went off to college her freshman year. And I'm just like, Man, the two are getting married. Can't you just find a guy and we'll no, just get this done? Three of them all done, that. all ready to go. So we'll get them all done. <laughs> hey, what one piece of advice would you give to people who are in ministry and married that will help them get through that uh, ministry season? To the leaders, what I would say is we had a, one of our family values was uh, family first. So as far as um, kids went, you know, our marriage relationship took pri priority over that. However, when they were little, we had a family first. So a practical thing we did is on our day off, which was Monday, is we would take the kids um, downtown Chicago. We were basically looking for whatever was free because mm -hmm. Ron was a youth pastor <laughs> at that time and I had just quit my job. Really, yeah. So we um, we would go down. The beach was free. Uh, Lincoln Park Zoo was free. So family fun day was Monday. And we did that for a good, you know, right through preschool years of our, our two oldest anyhow. So that was um, one thing we did as a ministry couple. It helped us to get kind of get away because otherwise, you know, the kids were showing up at our house, which was great. You know, we loved sharing our lives with the students, but mm. um, we needed that time away as a family. So family first value was, was one and that was a practical thing we did. Absolutely love that. What one piece of advice did you guys give your daughters that you think all of us need to hear? Wow, Dave, that, you know, that's, that's a lot. Cause I think about all the things and all the experiences and, and all the, you know, the critical times and factors. And I would just, I would put it down to you like this. I would say, be real, mm. be real in front of your kids, um, live the authentic Christian life in front of your kids. It isn't, you know, you are the Bible study. Wow. How you respond, how you act, what you say, what you do. You know, it isn't about, you know, some too often we're guilt tripping ourselves. Oh, we don't, you know, we don't have this big family time where we open the Bible, we read all the passages and we do this big study. And you know what the truth is? Your kids are just looking for you to be authentic and to be real. And I always say mm -hmm. it like this, you know what? We're going to blow it as dads. I've blown it. You know, we've blown it. Hey, I started off blowing it and, and God saved and God moved. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to mess up. The key is this in front of your kids. What do you do? How do you correct? How do you respond? What do you do to correct the situation? Admitting your guilt, admitting your failure and pulling them in the process. And what we've learned is this. I mean, you know, you, you mess up with your kids four, five, six, seven, eight times doing the same thing. And they look at you with those eyes and, and those tears. And, and man, that'll get you over the problem so that there's change. So yeah. that's what we 
experienced in our life. And, uh, you know, our girls, uh, it's, it's been really awesome to see them go through the ups and downs in their own faith. But, uh, you know, the authentic Christian life for the entire family is mm. what's key. Yeah, I love that. Your kids will follow your example, not your opinion, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and even when they were when they were young under this communication, um, we were teaching them Ephesians 4.29, where it talks about, you know, let no corrupt communication, but only that which is helpful to the person listening, yep. you know, and we start you know, love your neighbor. It starts with the neighbor next door, mm. you know, in the room next door, you know, love, loving her. But we taught, we taught them. And I remember Ron gave them actually the permission that if, if anyone in the family, and they were pretty young, if anyone in the family heard someone, you know, kind of violating the, the being encouraging versus the corrupt, um, they could call it out. And so, We'll never forget. We were driving in the car. So they call it out by saying 429. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'd say 429. So That's all you have to say. All you got to say is 429. <laughs> That's the hint that, you know what, you're, cro- you're getting on thin ice. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, we run, you know, gives them the okay. And I, my kids were just like, really? You know, <laughs> they just couldn't wait. So we're driving in the car on vacation. Ron and I are talking. We think they're asleep in the back. and um, Probably talking about some couple in the church. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, talking about ministry and everything else. And, uh out of the blue, you know, from the back seat, one of our kids is 429. <laughs> and they did, they were right. They totally would bust us. So, you know, we've had that happen more than once. Um, and and we did give them, you know, we made sure they knew that, hey, we're all in this together. We're, you know, we're, we're all working on things and yeah. you'll be working on things the rest of your life. So let's help each other. I love it. Hey, just two more questions. One, where can people pick up a copy of your book? Yeah, any place you want to go for books are sold, you can go online. It's The Marriage Knot, and it's Ron and Jody Zappia, and you can get it at all places, all locations. Now, a couple of times, you guys have mentioned this marriage conference that you do. If a church leader is listening and they want to know more about that, how can they find out? Yeah, we do a two-day conference and also a one-day, which has been great. Um, We'd love to come share our story to increase the level of transparency in your church, in your ministry. Mm. Uh, That's one of the things we've seen as we've done this conference together. But you can go to thenot.cc, thenotknot.cc, and it gives you all the information. Thenot.cc, K-N-O-T.cc. Go and check that out. Uh, guys, uh, thank you so much for your time. You, you've been absolutely incredible. Thank you for sharing your story and your transparency. That is absolutely amazing. Awesome. Well, hey, it was great to be with you, Dave, and I appreciate you guys so much. You see what I mean? These guys not only have this fantastic story of redemption, but they've been able to use that story and leverage it to help so many people tie their marriage knot just a little bit tighter. I know that you probably were struggling to keep up with some of the wisdom that they were dropping, so we're going to make sure that we include all of those in the show notes, and we're going to make it easy for you to post about it on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook because we also provide shareable social media quotes, so make sure you check that out in the show notes. You can find all of them at thinkorangepodcast.com. We would also love it if you could leave a 
rating and review on Apple Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And hey, if you're listening to this today and maybe you're not married, but you know somebody who is married who would love this, make sure you share this podcast episode with them. It's going to be well worth their while. Well, thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. And as always, when you think next generation, think orange. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast. Join us next time for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com. 